All right. Currently, I'm in a disclosed space right now, so I have to be pretty quiet for this episode. What am I talking about? Yes, I am going to be loud for this episode, but I am in a disclosed space right now, so please don't give me any slack for whatever audio pops up. Welcome to 52 Weeks of MLB Baseball, the podcast show that covers all 52 weeks of the MLB year, starting from number one to number 52. I am your host, Ian Young. Wow. not I am in an indisclosed space right now. Currently, I am camping, and uh, I when, you on, when you're on a road trip uh, and you got to do your podcast, well, you know, you got to, you know, squeeze that in somewhere. They've already started passing out all-star ballots. Apparently, they're going to be doing two phases of the all-star ballots this um, year. And, uh, you know, MLB is going to say, let's do phase one, phase two. And whoever gets better on phase one gets more on phase two. That's the first time that's ever happened. So, let's see how that goes. Big shout-out to my good friend, Anderson Davis, for the amazing intro. And a big shout-out to his good friend, Josh Peterson, for the swag logo. Good job to both of them and making this podcast even better right now. If you'd like to com- if you'd like to comment or get in contact with me and share your thoughts and ideas, please email me at fifty two week fifty two weeks of baseball at gmail.com. Again, that's five two all lowercase weeks of baseball, no spaces at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and let's get into this episode. Well, next week, I am not going to be doing a Friday episode. Instead, I'm going to be doing a Saturday episode, and I would just like to inform you all all of that. I have some stuff going on, none of your business. So, Saturday episode next week, not Thursday, not Friday. It'll be Saturday. Just wanted to all inform you on that first time, and then it'll be hit, and first time that I have ever known that they're doing two phases of the all-star ballot. They are doing phase one, which is where you pick your favorite players mainly so that they can move on to phase two, which is where you can pick the ones you want to have in your starting lineup for the all-star game. That will be going on sometime at the end of June. But I think it's interesting, though, that they do are now doing our two phases. It kind of feels like the NFL Hall of Fame where they have to go through a couple different phases to get elected. But, you know, if it suits them that way, fine, good enough. I mean, I I, just, I don't feel real good about the phases because then that drops off a lot of players. Like, really, they have right now the top leaders in that ballot are in the outfield are Ronald Acuna Jr., Aaron Judge, and Mookie Betts. Yeah, yeah yes, Ronald Acuna Jr., probably going to get some MVP votes, probably going to be the MVP of the National League this year. But, man, you're leaving out Juan Soto, who has been very productive this year, and you're also leaving out guys like Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos, who have been very productive as well. Nick Castellanos leads the whole league in batting average, and you're leaving him out. I mean, Mookie Betts does not even compare to Castellanos, not even compare to Jesse Winker right now, because 
Betts is just not playing as well. And same with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, he's okay. He's been better this year than the last couple years. But what are these people thinking when they're voting? I mean, come on. They're voting for the big names. Vote for the guys who really count. Vote for the guys who have the biggest average. I mean, seriously. Now, yes, Jazz Chisholm is on the ballot. He's actually one of the top leaders, which I agree with. Jazz Chisholm actually might should get on there, but I, I just don't know. I don't get it. I don't get what people are voting for at all anymore. Like, I, I just don't get it. Moving on, let's go into the weekly standings updates. Not a lot of changes at all. Mostly, there's some been some closer stand one two punches, but not a lot of changes overall. Let's start off with the AL East at number one. You've got Tampa Bay Rays at 36 wins, 22 losses. The Tampa Bay Rays have been playing really good baseball. Pitching has been amazing, and Ryan Yarbrough actually yesterday threw a complete game. Not really shut out, but threw a complete game against the New York Yankees. He gave up two runs, but still threw a very good complete game. The Rays, though, I mean, what can you say? They've they they started out at the bottom of the division and moved up to the top. I mean, basically the same thing I've been saying for the past two or three weeks. Moving on, number two, the Boston Red Sox, 33 wins, 23 losses. Number three, New York Yankees, 31 wins, 26 losses. Number four, Toronto Blue Jays, 29 wins, 25 losses. Number five will be the Baltimore Orioles. The Cleveland Browns League at 19 wins and 37 losses. The Baltimore Orioles are now good enough. I don't know if I say good enough. The Baltimore Orioles are now bad enough that they could clinch the number one spot for the draft next year. I mean... The Orioles, though, they still have potential. They just cannot get above that 21-win mark just yet. I mean, they've been at, like, 19 wins for a very – well, I mean, they had 17 last week. So, they only won two games out of their last possible six. So, the Orioles, though, I mean – you just got to give it to them. Bad team. Hopefully, you can get the number one number one pick next year. Rest of the league, my pick to win the division, the New York Yankees, still struggling a little bit, but they are starting to win. I really don't care. At least it's just not the Yankees in first place. Thank goodness. But as much as again, as much as I hated to say pick it, I picked them instead. Instead, the Rays are doing better, and the Boston Red Sox are doing better as well. The Red Sox still playing good baseball. Keep an eye out for them. Moving on to the AL Central, number one, the Chicago White Sox, 34 wins, 22 losses. White Sox fans should be happy right now because they are a couple of games ahead of the Indians in the AL Central. The White Sox offense has been exploding. You've got very good pitching as well. They've been also doing really well. The bullpen, bullpen's actually been pretty good. I thought the bullpen would be their weak spot, but the bullpen has been showing up recently i mean liam hendricks in there that's gonna boost him boost you up for sure and white Sox just playing good baseball and hopefully they can stay because that's my pick to win the division for the rest of the division at number two the cleveland indians at 30 wins and 24 losses number three 
back to a winning record. The Kansas City Royals with 28 wins and 26 losses. And number four will be the Detroit Tigers, 23 wins, 33 losses. Number five, Minnesota Twins at 22 wins and 34 losses. Yep, the Kansas City Royals are back to a winning record. They are starting to win. Andrew Benintendi has been a steal for the Kansas City Royals because Franchi Cordero, who went to the Red Sox, has not been so good. But for the case, though, the Royals haven't gotten back to winning record. They had that very bad losing streak, but now they're starting to look like a more sneaky team, like I would say. Might sneak that wild card away from the Cleveland Indians come near the end of the year. We'll see. Moving on to the AL West, at number one will be the Oakland Athletics at 33 wins and 25 losses. The Athletics, what can you say? Sean Manaya threw a complete game a couple of days ago. I'm not sure if it was a shutout or it was a one-runner game, but the A's pitching, that's what's keeping them alive right now. Hitting, pretty good as well. You got Ramon Laureano, he's starting to show up, and a couple other players as well, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, Mark Canna. You got the three M's there, the M&M, MMM. And M boys, you can. I, I'm gonna coin that phrase there. M M and M boys, but they're all showing up for the Oakland Athletics, and just a game ahead of the second place, which is the Houston Astros, with 31 wins and 25 losses. And third place will be the Seattle Mariners at 29 wins and 29 losses. Number four, the Los Angeles Angels at 25 wins and 31 losses. And at number five, the Texas Rangers at 22 wins and 36 losses. My pick to win the division, the Houston Astros, are a game back. One game back from the Oakland Athletics. If they can just win one game and the Athletics lose a game, the Astros, or is it one and a half? It might be one and a half. But they can they can get ahead in the division very quickly. And the Astros still playing very good baseball. For the rest of the division, the Angels are kind of an upset. I mean, you thought they would be a pretty good powerhouse team, but they are not. You, they, um, Mike Trout is really the only guy who's carrying the team. The offense is not the problem. It's the bullpen. We've been saying this for years to the Angels, and they still won't listen. And for the Rangers, they it's just the Rangers. I mean, they're bad right now in this uh, time, so... All you can say in the Mariners back to 500. So good for them. Moving on to the National League standings update. Not a lot of changes here. It's going to probably be a quick episode today because it is hot in here. But anyway, for the NL East at number one. New York Mets at 27 wins, 22 losses, getting Jacob DeGrom back has been really good. Offense has been showing up for him. Francisco Lindor. Still not looking looking good for him. He might have been past his prime. That's what they're trying to consider now. I really don't think so. He's just hit a bump in the road. New team, uh, new new place. Happens a lot. But offense, though, showing up for Jacob DeGrom. They have, they're pitching again really good. Marcus Stroman. You've got Jacob DeGrom. That's all I can really think of the Mets rotation. I, f- I totally forget the rest. Bullpen, though, pretty good as well. Edwin Diaz has been shutting down games very well in the New York Mets at number one in the NL East. For the rest of the East, at number two, the Atlanta Braves, 26 wins, 28 losses. Number three, the Philadelphia Phillies, 26 wins, 29 losses. Number four, Miami Marlins, 24 wins, 31 losses. Number five, the Washington Nationals with 23 wins and 30 losses. My pick to win the division, the Atlanta Braves in second place. Good job for them, except... They have a losing record still. 
the only winning record in this division is the New York Mets. It's starting to look like the NFC East of football. The football's NFC East. Like, I am not kidding you. It is starting to look like that. And again, hey, look at that. It's an N and an East. NFC East and NL East. So, put the two together, you've got bad division. I mean, seriously, that's what it looks like right now. And it does not look good. But the Braves, though, still might be able to come back against the Mets. They're only three games behind. But you never know. Moving on to the NL Central. Number one. Not the St. Louis Cardinals, but it's the Chicago Cubs. Oh, why? Why the Cubs? Why the Cardinals and Cubs? Yes, the Cubs are in first place at 32 wins and 24 losses. Chris Bryant is one of the leaders in the All-Star voting phase one right now. He has been playing really well. Their pitching has been good as well. I mean, they're getting guys back from that 2016 team that have just... And they're dominating. I mean, they're dominating. They finally passed the Cardinals. I just wish it was the Brewers because that's the only other team other than the Reds that I can tolerate in the division. For the rest of the division, number two will be the St. Louis Cardinals, 31 wins, 26 losses. And number three will be the Milwaukee Brewers, 30 wins, 26 losses. And number four will be the Cincinnati Reds at 25 wins, 29 losses. And number five will be the Pittsburgh Pirates at 21 wins and 34 losses. My pick to win the division, the Milwaukee Brewers, sitting in third place like they have for the past five weeks. The Brewers have... They can. They have a chance. I mean, they have a big chance, only two games behind first place. And if they can keep winning and keep winning, I mean, Christian Yelich had a very big game for them yesterday. Maybe he's back. But if they can keep this role for them, watch out because the Brewers can be pretty fierce. Uh, for the Reds, though, so many injuries. I feel like the Atlanta Braves. Uh, that's really all I can say about it because you got the bullpen that has sucked all season. You got a bunch of no names in there. I mean, except for maybe Sean Doolittle and Amir Garrett, but and TJ Anton, TJ Anton has been amazing. Vladimir Gutierrez though made a rookie day, his rookie debut a couple days ago. And he started yesterday. He did fantastic. Good job for him. He's starting to look like a pretty good pitcher that might be a top man in the rotation. Who knows? But that's where it looks like for the Reds and the Brewers in the NL Central. Moving on to the NL West, the number one will be the San Francisco Giants at 35 wins and 21 losses. No longer the San Diego Padres. My pick to win the division. The Giants, though. I mean, what can you say? They got Buster, they got 2010 Buster Posey back. 2012 Buster Posey back. I'm sorry. Uh, they're going to be doing well then. For the rest of the division, and number two will be the San Diego Padres at 35 wins and 23 losses. Number three will be the Los Angeles Dodgers at 33 wins and 25 losses. And number four will be, or is that 24? 24 losses for the Dodgers. And number four will be the Colorado Rockies, 23 wins and 34 losses. And number five will be the Arizona Diamondbacks at 20 wins and 38 losses. My pick to win the division, the, the San Diego Padres, a couple of games behind first place behind the Giants, but I still have hope in them and that they could still thrive. The Los Angeles Dodgers, though, starting to play better baseball, but they cannot get over that hump. 
I mean, this is a tough division right here. The Giants, the Padres, and the Dodgers, all West Coast teams. I mean, that's just uh, good for them. I mean, they're it's going to be a tough division. And whoever wins it, they better be getting themselves a crown. I mean, really, because that's a tough division to win. And for the best team in baseball, sadly, is the San Francisco Giants at .625 winning percentage. Moving on, we're going to statistical leaders here in a little bit. Statistical leaders starting off with batting. For batting average will be Cincinnati Reds, Nick Castellanos with a .364. And yet he's not a leader in the all-star voting for phase one. Why does everybody think that Reds players are bad? They are not. I swear if we only get one all-star this year, I am literally just going to rant about that all day because... We deserve more than that. We got Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos. There's two All-Stars for you right there in your face. Anyway, Nick Castellanos, though, with .364 batting average, been playing really well. It's surprising, though, that he's hitting for average because last year he did not do that at all. And what's surprising about that is he's hitting for power and average. Good for him. For home runs, we've got the three juniors. All three tied with 17, Ronald Acuna Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Fernando Tatis Jr. All juniors, which is very ironic, actually, when you start thinking about it. But anyway, you got all three tied with 17, Ronald Acuna Jr., again, probably an MVP candidate for the National League. Same with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr. Tatis for the National League, Vladimir Guerrero for the American League, all have, been, all have been playing really well. They're all leaders in the All-Star voting phase one, but um, they're just hitting bombs right now, so good for them. For RBIs, you've got Chicago White Sox, Jose Abreu with 46. is no longer J.D. Martin, JD Martinez or Rafael Devers. It is now Jose Abreu, who has been playing really well, has had some big games for the White Sox, and he's helped fueling that White Sox offense. And for stolen bases, you've got Whit Merrifield with 16. Ramon Laureano, I have no idea what happened to him. But Whit Merrifield, though, stealing bases left and right. He's got a good batting average. He can hit for very well. And the Kansas City Royals are very lucky to have a very good young ball player. Moving on to the pitching side of the statistics. For wins, we've got still Jack Flaherty from the St. Louis Cardinals with eight wins. I have no, I just, I don't know how nobody's been past him yet because he's been there for a while. He's had eight wins for a while and he's not gotten a win. He's not changed those wins. He's just, he's been there for a while. Anyway, Jack Flaherty, Flaherty though, very much a Cy Young candidate and he has been play, pitching really well. Hopefully, me might be able to keep it up. Who knows? Because he is eight wins. I mean, he's been there for a while. ERA. Still got Jacob DeGrom at an 0.7 freaking one ERA. He has not changed. He's actually an interesting stat. He has had the lowest ERA in MLB history through the first two months of the season. He might break that record. I think it was Mel Parner. 
that did it, and he had like an 0.8-something ERA. The, the modern pitching record was Bob Gibson with a 1.12 ERA, but Jacob deGrom... It, Jacob deGrom's like Bob Gibson. Of his, uh, but Jacob deGrom is like the Bob Gibson of his time. Because when Bob Gibson would go out to the mound, the Cardinals would score as little runs as possible. And if the Cardinals did not score at least one run, they were going to lose the game. Jacob deGrom has not gotten any offensive support, ma- mainly from the Mets. He is literally like the Bob Gibson of his time right now. Moving on to strikeouts. Still Shane Bieber. He went out there for another start, and he struck out seven more guys. He's now got 117 strikeouts. I am banking on this. He is going to pass Nolan Ryan's record because, man, that guy is fierce. 117 strikeouts. You don't hear that every day through the first two months of the season. You just don't. You can't, you just don't see that. And Shane Bieber, man, he has been really, really dialing it in. Another Cy Young candidate for the AL. Walks, hits, per innings, pitch, or as I like to call it, whip. Still Jacob DeGrom with an 0.57. And again, I already explained this about it. Moving on. And last but not least, saves from the San Diego Padres will be Mark Melanson. He's got one more save since last week and he has counted it 18 saves and boy the Atlanta Braves wish they had him in the bullpen right now because he is doing really well Mark Melanson though showing up big time as a clutch closer for the San Diego Padres and it should be fun to watch him and finally last but not least let's get into games to watch or listen if you prefer it I mean I don't really care Anyway, at number one, we've got the Boston Red Sox at the New York Yankees at 7.05 p.m. The grudge match between two big rivals. We've got for Boston, you've got Nathan Avaldi, who's 6-2 with a 4.01 ERA and 58 Ks. He'll be going up against the New York Yankees' Michael King, who is 0-2 with a 2.86 ERA and 20 Ks. So far, uh, my picks for games to watch have actually been really good, very close games, and this should be another one as well since it'll be a fight for second place in the division. The Red Sox are at 33 wins and 23 losses, and the Yankees are at 31 le- wins and 26 losses. It should be a fight for second place, and it should be a good series to watch and a good game to watch, listen, whatever you like to do today. At number two, you've got the Houston Astros at the Toronto Blue Jays beating out the Boston Red Sox and Yankees by two minutes at 7.07 p.m. For Houston, you've got Zach Greinke, who is 5-2 with a 3.67 ERA and 57 Ks. For Toronto, you've got Hinjin Ryu, who is 5-2 with a 2.62 ERA and 58 Ks. Should be a good game to watch Hinjin Ryu, a Cy Young candidate for the AL as well. Both teams doing really well and it should be a close game fun game to watch again they're not in the same division but just should be a fun game to watch should be really very close and last but not least at number three if you're still awake for this at 9 45 p.m will be the chicago cubs at the san francisco giants for the cubs you've got jake arietta who's five and five with a 4.41 era and 41 k's you'll be going up against to be determined. 
The Giants have not decided their starter yet for this for this game, so it will be TBD. Until then, should be a good game to watch. Again, not in the same division, but they still have very close records. The Cubs lead the NL Central with 32 wins. The Giants lead the NL West with 35 wins. Should be a nice game to watch. Should be a cool game to watch. Should be a good game all in all. Again, if you would like to get in contact with me, comment, or whatever you want to do, have any ideas, I'd still like to know what you think. On me having a YouTube channel, I would ju- I basically play sports games, have walkthroughs. I could do whatever you want. I could talk about different sports like football or hockey or soccer. I mean, it doesn't really matter what other sports I can talk about. I just don't can't do it on here because it's 52 weeks of MLB baseball. Anyway, if you would like to get in contact with me or comment like that, Please email me at 52weeksofbaseball. Again, that's 52weeksofbaseball, no spaces, no capital letters, at gmail.com. My email, that email will be in the description of this episode at the, yeah, my email, that email will be in the description of this episode, so go check that out. Thank you all for listening. My name is Ian Young, and you've been listening to 52 Weeks of MLB Baseball.